We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today here on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. I have a very important question for you. What is your relationship like with money? A very important relationship for sure. Another important question. Do you consider yourself to be prosperous? How about wealthy? If you look around, it seems it's the rare person that is abundantly healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled. Is it because a comfortable, joyful, and prosperous life is only for the select few, the lucky people or special ones who are born into wealth, marry into it, or those who just innately know how to navigate this earthly reality? Or is wealth and prosperity something we all have the ability to manifest? As human beings, we have the great honor, privilege, and double-edged sword of free will and choice. We have the incredible experience of being the demigods of our reality. However, most of us were not taught this. Most were taught to believe what we see by what teachers and parents and society told us. Most people look to places and things outside of themselves in a position of lack and confusion, hoping and praying for salvation. However, salvation and true power can only come from our connection to source and the immense power that resides with our own heart and soul. So ultimately, I think lack of prosperity is not a problem of the economy, but rather a problem in consciousness. There are spiritual laws about prosperity, and if we follow them, we all have the ability to manifest greater financial stability and more fulfilling lives. It's sort of like gravity, but with gravity, we don't have a choice. With prosperity, we do. So I invite you to open your mind and learn about these principles, and if you choose, follow them. So I would say by the end of the show, you're going to know exactly what you need to do to manifest greater prosperity in all of your lives, including manifesting more money. This is a guarantee that my guest today makes, and we're going to talk about how she can make this guarantee. So we're also going to be open to taking callers later if you have questions about manifesting more money and cultivating a more prosperous life on all levels. So I am thrilled, honored, and beyond excited to be talking to my prosperity expert today. Her name is Edwin Gaines. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, A Simple Guide to Unlimited Abundance. She is a celebrated speaker, unity minister, and the owner-director of Rock Ridge Retreat Center in Valleyhead, Alabama. She's also an ordained unity minister and has been since 1979. She has trained over 400 master prosperity teachers and travels approximately 250 days a year presenting prosperity, commitment, and riches and honor workshops. But before she was all these things, she was a single mother in abject poverty. Overwhelmed and terrified, she turned towards her faith for reassurance, sustenance, and direction. What seemed impossible at the time, she did anyway. She began following these four spiritual laws that she's going to share with us. And in doing so, her life was completely transformed. So Edwin guarantees that following these principles will change your life as well from a life of deprivation into one of prosperity and freedom. She's made a 100% commitment to transform the abundance consciousness of the world. So she's like a bodhisattva of prosperity. So Edwin, I'm thrilled to be hanging out with you a little bit here today on Journey to Center. Thank you for taking the time. 
to oh, be with Tammy, us. Tammy, thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be with you and always love to talk about prosperity. Yeah, you are a living, breathing example of making that transformation from striving to thriving. So first of all, I really want to get into what prosperity means to you. I've never heard a better explanation or description of prosperity than one you have come up with. So will you, will you tell us yes. about that? Yes. As you mentioned, uh, most people have this notion that prosperity is just money, but it includes money. But for me, prosperity is a vitally alive, healthy body for this God being that we are to express through. Prosperity is relationships that are joyous and satisfying and intimate and honest and nurturing and at work all the time. Prosperity is work that we love so much. It's not work, it's play. And prosperity is all the money we can spend. And I know that that's, that's God's will for every single one of us if we are willing to do what it takes. Now, I love hearing you say that because some people say, well, I'm, I'm prosperous. I just don't have money. And I don't think you need money right, to be right. prosperous. But it does seem like that's a piece of the puzzle, wouldn't you say? Well, you know, money is just a convenience. You know, our lives are not about money, but money helps us do the things and share the things and travel and live comfortably. So, you know, people have different ideas about how much money is enough. Uh, but, you know, I like to travel and I like to go and see new things and I like to live in a beautiful home. And, and I don't see why I should deprive myself because I do know at the core of my being there's enough on this planet for every single one of us to live at that level if we're willing, again, to do what it takes. I, I absolutely agree with you. So just for the sake of, of clarity about where you've been and how you got to where you are, can you tell us a little bit about your yeah. history? Yes, yeah. How you came into these laws and, yeah, let's right. hear it. You know, I was uh, a single parent um, living in East Texas. My daughter and I slept in the same bed in a one-bedroom apartment. I was working two jobs, 16 hours a day, just getting by, putting up with, making ends meet, and living from paycheck to paycheck, and never having enough. I mean, our life was dismal. There were many days we didn't have food. We lived off peanut butter and crackers for weeks at a time, and, and I was working as hard as I could work. I couldn't work any more than, than you know... Uh, 16 hours a, a day and be any kind of a mother to my child. And I'm not a stupid person. I have all sorts of important-looking pieces of paper that say I know an awful lot about some very unimportant stuff. I could not make it. So I, um, a day came that uh, told me that just changed my life. I'm, I'm going through this process of trying to pay my bills, seeing who gets paid and who gets postponed, you know, that awful feeling. And I, it, all of a sudden, I just realized, you know, this is hopeless. I can't do this. I, and I started to feel sorry for myself and, you know, all that stuff that we go through. And, and uh, I, I kind of got angry then with God. I started to rant, you know, show me how to do this. Obviously, I don't know how. Show me. And uh, I was guided into the scriptures, and I learned about the law of tithing, first of all. And I started to tithe. And then I found about the, 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 the other laws as I went along. And amazing things began to happen for me. I just continued on like a, a little child, one day at a time, just following the guidance that I got that day. And uh, here I am, like, you know, 40 years later, and I'm, I, I live a life of what many would call a life of great wealth. Mm. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about 
tithing. I, okay. I've taught classes about prosperity. It seems like that's the biggest sticking point for people. It's like, I don't have enough money to pay my own bills. Why am I going right. to give away 10%? I can't afford to do that. Oh, what would gosh, you say I, to those people? I know that feeling. Listen, that was my argument when I first started. You know, how can I do this? I, there's no, how would I pay the rent? How would I, we're not eating now, God. Get a clue. You know, what are we going to do here? <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it, it felt for me like this was a, a, a stance that I had to take. I had to I had to see whether or not tithing worked. And I was guided, you know, in my prayer time to go, and I found this scripture, which is Malachi 3.10. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Prove me now, says Jehovah, Lord of hosts, and I will open you the windows of heaven. Well, you know, I thought, what if that's true and I miss it? So I decided I'm going to try this for six months, and I kind of threatened God. You know, I said, this tithing stuff better work, because six months is all you got, big fella. <laughs> and I know God loves us enough to let us start where we are, so I began. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the first three months I tithed, nothing much happened. And, uh, you know, I, but I kept, I, I made a commitment to do it for six months, and I just kept my commitment. Well, after three months, my income doubled, and then at the end of six months, my income tripled. Well, I wasn't going to stop there. I could tell something was happening here. I I moved from abject poverty into a life of very, very comfortable life within one year. And uh, I, I really acknowledge that it came when I got it at the core of my being that God is my source. Not my job, not my stash, not my hope of winning the lottery, not my retirement fund, not my credit card, but God is my soul. So if I will turn within and listen for my guidance and ask for what I want and take one step at a time in faith, that the windows of heaven do open. And it's an amazing thing. Yeah, so it doesn't sound like you think that uh, you would have gotten to where you are if you hadn't started the process and practice oh, of tithing. no. There's no way I would have. No, because what it, what it does... According to many of the mystics, the minute that you begin to put God first in your finances and you begin to trust that that God does provide, and you act on that by putting your tithe out where you're fed spiritually, that's the important part. Not to charity, that's a wonderful thing to do, we ought to do that, but that's not a tithe. A tithe has to go where you're fed spiritually. Once we start doing that, the mystics suggest that our faith is increased 100-fold. Well, when I started doing it in that first three-month period, while, while nothing was really happening on the outside, many things were happening, in, happening internally. My faith grew, and uh, I was able to open my first business with a $2.75 classified ad, and my phone rang off the wall. Now, I didn't know how to do business. God and I opened these businesses, and they were very, very successful. And and I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I did everything under prayer, trusting God, taking what seemed to be enormous risk, because $2.75 for us 40 years ago was a day's worth of food. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was important to feed your baby, you know. Yes. But I, I stepped out there and I, I'll tell you, I, I am so grateful that I had the courage and the wisdom and the faith to take those first little baby steps into tithing. It was a magnificent breakthrough for me. Yeah, and it does. It does take courage. It absolutely yes, it does. does take courage. Yes, yes. Yeah, I had a similar experience my well as well. But you know what I noticed? It's like when, when I quit tithing or when I'm not tithing, I tend mm-hmm. to have 
ridiculous things happen like speeding tickets or parking tickets or <laughs> sitting on my sunglasses. And I, I thought right. to myself, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like if we don't yes, give it yeah. up, it's going to be taken. Yes, and then sick. I went to see you in North Hollywood and you said that very yes, thing. Yes, yes. It's not that the universe is punishing you, but really in some way we're doing it to ourselves because we know we're out of integrity around money because everything that we have comes from God. And so what we do is we acknowledge that God is our source with our tithe back where we're fed spiritually. And we do that on a regular and disciplined basis. And the promise is that when we do that, the windows of heaven will open for us. And I know that's true because they have opened for me. Uh, Today, to give you a progress report, I have this beautiful 30-acre retreat center here in North Alabama where I am right now, sitting at my lovely desk looking out my, my beautiful back window windows into the woods. I can't even see another house from my house. I love it here. (laughs) I travel all over the world. I've been everywhere in the world I've ever wanted to go. I have a wonderful staff here to support me. I have beautiful retreats. I I travel first class. I have a luxury automobile. My mortgage is paid. I have no debt. And I know that while that may not be anyone else's definition of prosperity, that God wants us to live that life of our dreams. But we have to start by acknowledging that we know that God is our source. And we do that with our tithe, one-tenth of all, back where we're fed spiritually on a regular basis. I love that. But what would you say to the people that think, uh, say, for instance, that money is the root of all evil and living a humble life of poverty is virtuous? Well, you know, I think people have a right to believe anything they want to believe. If that makes them happy, go for it. But I don't believe that's the teaching, uh, as I understand the scriptures. Uh, The the teaching that Jesus said was, ask and you shall receive. He didn't say do without. And and, um, I believe also that that you can be very wealthy and humble at the same time. You know, I, I, I do a lot of wonderful, joyous, happy work in the world, and uh, I know that God is doing it through me. I'm not taking credit for it. I have a good time doing it, uh, and I I believe that, you know, you have a right to live your life any way you want to live it, but I understand the scriptures to say that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom Whatever your heart desires, you are God's beloved. God wants you to be happy. The scriptures never say, do without, just get by, put up with, and shut up and don't ask for anything. That's not what they say. <laughs> yeah, I've never read that particular no, scripture. No, <laughs> uh-uh. No, no, no. It's not there. I love it. No, I'm not completely there. in agreement with you. I've had this conversation with people as well. I didn't feel any more spiritual in the back of a Greyhound bus than I no. did on a private jet. I really just didn't. Right. There you go. So, I'm, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you on this. So another question, does the tithe have to be 10%? What if somebody say wants to start with five or seven? What are your thoughts? Well, the word tithe itself means a tenth. And I teach, you know, I believe all giving is good. But if you want to play with the big kids, if you really want to get in the grit in the game, you don't need baby food. So I don't tell people to start with 3% because that's not who they are. They're not babies. There's, we are all spiritual beings, and we have a right to play at the highest level. So I invite people to get in the game. Some people say, well, can I, can I give 3% and call that a tithe? Well, you can sit on the edge of the swimming pool and dangle your toes in the water and call it swimming, but it ain't swimming, sugar. You know, and the, <laughs> big difference. And yes. it's the, yeah, there's a big difference. If you want the pro, you want the promise of it that the windows of heaven will open for you. You have to give the whole tenth, 
and and to, and it's not supposed to be easy. I stress that with folks. It, it's supposed to be an act of faith because you can have fear or you can have faith in your heart. You can't act on them both at the same time. So you get to choose: Am I going to act in faith or I'm going to let my fear run my life? Mm, very, very true. I absolutely agree. You can't serve two masters. That's right. That's you can't right. serve two masters. So a question for my, my really good friends that are retired or on fixed incomes, and, and do they get an excuse slip? Do they, oh. do they, does this work for them too? I love that question, and I love <laughs> to respond. As you well know, there's no such thing as a fixed income. And I tell people, if you feel you're on a fixed income, Sugar, you fixed it. You want to get it unfixed, you better tithe. Yes. And the, the question comes back, do I tithe before I pay my bills? Of course you do. You honor Jehovah with the first fruits of your substance, not the last and the least and the leftovers. But then the question comes, as you know, Tammy, how will I pay the the rent? How will I pay my mortgage? How will I pay for my all those? How will, how will, how will? Well, you mm-hmm. see, when you ask that question, you've already told me that you do not believe the promise that if I do this, the windows of heaven will open for me. Because, you see, I believe that God knows about your bills. God knows about your responsibilities. And this is really sort of a test. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust yourself? If you're going to continue just to trust yourself, I like to ask you my favorite Dr. Phil question. How's that working for you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is a great question. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I ask people that a lot, you know, if they yeah, want to argue you... for their limitations. How's that working for there you? There you go. I love and, that. Yeah. That's a really, really, it boils it just right down to the essence. Yes. If your That's life is exactly a living right. example, how's it working for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So what about the people that say, well, I'm not spiritual, I'm not religious, so I shouldn't have to be bothered with this? I hear you. Well, you know, I always say, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm sharing with you what I know works for me and for everyone else who's tried it. And so if you want, if even if you feel that you're not spiritual or not religious, uh, you have to believe that there's some kind of a power that that uh, holds the stars in their place and, and uh, grows trees. I mean, because you, you're not doing that, and you're not growing trees. So whatever that power is, that power, I use the code word God. And so that is the source of my good. Whatever that energy system is, that's the source of my good. So I give back to those people, places, and institutions who remind me who I am, who wake me up and shake me up and inspire me to get back on my, what I call the spiritual pathway. You might want to call it your life pathway, whatever it is. But it's not about being spiritual or not about being religious. It's about knowing who you are. And my belief system is that we are one with the one. Whatever that creative energy power is, we are one with it. And when we acknowledge that we know that, we give back where we're fed, by those places and people that inspire and encourage us, then something happens inside of us that we feel we begin to feel worthy. We begin to feel uh, able to handle more in our lives. We get divine ideas, and and many wonderful things begin to happen in our in our religious in our energy system and in our in our uh, belief system. And we open the way for amazing opportunities to come into our lives. I know that that's true. I see it happen. I did a prosperity class and I invited, I didn't, I didn't insist, but I invited people to tithe and everybody, Uh every single person had resistance, but there were people that opened their mind and eventually started tithing. It was just interesting to see how their lives 
things did change. They, they did yeah. get creative ideas. And if they acted on them, they were rewarded. Or money that they weren't expecting showed up. Somebody got um, a bonus from their work, and it was three times as much as they had expected. He goes, do you think that has something to do with the tithing? Oh, and I just kind of oh, smiled. <laughs> I love that. Good Isn't for great? you. That's wonderful. Congratulations. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to see people open up to these principles, isn't it? It changes their life. It really, yeah. really does. They're just like, they've taken off, they've got their wings, and it's been just um, an honor to witness their transformation. And I think, oh, I yes, this it. is a big piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what I believe, Tammy, is the more that you teach that, the deeper our own experience of, of holding it as a core belief for ourselves. It, it takes hold and it brings so many amazing opportunities into our lives that things we couldn't even imagine began to happen. I'm so excited about this. Oh, yes, I really hear it, and I, I'm excited as well. You, you kind of have an infectious energy around it. And, you know, like I said, I went to see you a year ago, and that's, that's when I really put both feet in, and it's oh, transformed good. my life. Good. So um, what about um, tithing your time? Say, for instance, well, you know, my time is worth a lot of money. So I'm going to tithe three hours. So that's like $80. That's $90 worth yeah. of money. How, how, what do you think about that? Well, you know, um, I, I, I just have to be honest. and th- I think that's an excuse to pe- for people to use to keep from giving their money. And underneath that, all giving is good. I think all giving is good. But when we use that instead of giving our money, what we're really at the at the core level, we're saying that we have a belief in lack. Mm-hmm. So I'll give my time instead of my money because I have the I have the time. I don't have the money. Yes. And so you know, I urge you to do both. You know, give your time and give your money, because if you give your money, you're showing the universe that you believe in an unlimited ability to receive more and more and more. You're not putting a a lid on on your bucket. You know, you're holding your bucket up to the waterfall of good, and and it, it gets filled to overflowing. Yeah, I think that's true, and it, it's it's so funny because I heard you say once, "Well, you can tithe your time if you want more time, but do you want there more you money? <laughs> tithe your right. money." <laughs> there, there you go. I always tell people, you know, when I go over buy grocery to buy groceries, my grocer doesn't give a flying flip about my time. He wants my money, and if we that's want more true. money in our lives, we have to tithe our money. And 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 the tithing of the money brings gifts in every area, but the tithing of time just brings more time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There's a difference. There is a difference. So what do you have to say about the people that make a lot of money that don't tithe? Why, why do they get to opt out of having to tithe? I don't well, understand. You, well, you know, I, that was one of my questions, Tammy. It's a really good question. I'm not sure that I have an answer for it, but I did a lot of prayer work around it. And, of course, my definition of prosperity includes money, but it also includes health, uh, relationships, and work that we love. And I know, personally, I know some people who have a lot of money who are not prosperous because they have health issues or they have relationship or, or they're doing things they hate to do. So I, I believe in order to be truly prosperous in all areas that you have to, you have to come into alignment with these four spiritual laws. Now, I prayed about it, and my, my particular question was, you know, God, show, tell me, do you remember Howard Hughes? He was so wealthy, but he had some other issues. And I, I said, what, what about Howard Hughes? How come? I don't know whether he ties or not. It's really none of my business, but tell me about that. And the answer I got, was, well, perhaps he worked on uh, prosperity in the form of money in another lifetime, and he came onto the planet with that. Mm-hmm. And this time he's working on the aspect of health or 
or maybe relationships or, or, you know, something else. But, you know, we can't really look at other people's lives and really know what their particular spiritual pathway is about. There are a lot of people on this planet, as you well know, read about the celebrities who have so much money, and yet they have so many challenges. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can't say that they really are that prosperous in, in a lot of ways. Now, I, I don't mean to, to say that when you get to this level of, of prosperity that you don't have challenges. We're supposed to have challenges because challenges give us the opportunity to grow and, and to expand our faith. But, you know, you can tell if someone's prosperous if, if they're living a life that, that they're happy most of the time. You know, yes. but when we have challenges, they 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 challenge our faith. So we it's an opportunity to, to expand it, to grow up, and say, "Oh, okay, must be time for me to handle this at a level of faith." Mm, yeah, I love it. I really do believe it is about aligning ourselves with that energy that moves the planets around the yes. sun. And yes. from that yes. place, if you're in partnership with that energy, yes. I mean, how could you possibly have a better partner than that? There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so um, we're going to be going to break here pretty quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the other three laws. We've gone into the tithing, but there's three more laws about prosperity that Edwin's going to address. And, you know, we're going to be uh, taking some callers. So if you're interested in uh, calling in and asking Edwin a question, that number is 248-809-3474. 248-809-3474. Hang on. we got a lot of good stuff coming up. See you in a bit. Hello, car of teenagers. If you don't mind, I'm only going to broadcast this out of the speaker on the passenger side so we can talk in private. Okay, now that we're alone, what's with your friend's driving? Is he always this reckless? You should say something, something witty. Uh, Make a joke about the airbag or something. Hearses are funny, too. You could make a joke about hearses. Uh, driver, just so you know, we're totally not talking about you. He suspects nothing. Brought to you Brought by up the poverty. Taught me how to be determined, how to be goal-oriented. Ray Wright, youth mentor. I work with young people every day, and young people have almost lost faith in the world surrounding them. I'm that ray of sunshine telling them we haven't been forsaken. Lead, inspire, change the world again. Join thousands and find which volunteer opportunity is best for you. Call 1-800-424-8867 today or visit www.getinvolved.gov. This message is brought to you by the Corporation for National and Community Service and the station. It's your home, it's your dream. Great on testing, keep it healthy and clean. Make it green, green, green. Making it green is making sure the air in your home is healthy for your family to breathe. Testing for radon is easy. Just call 866-730-GREEN. Make it green, green, Hello, my name is Ella and I've been cursed. My stupid fairy godmother gave me the gift of obedience when I was a baby. This means I have to do what anybody tells me even if I don't want to do it. I need to break this curse before somebody makes me do something terrible. My name is Ella and I need to take control of my life. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. My sport is football, but my passion is education. My name is Namdi Asmoa, and this is how I live united. I see too many kids miss out on moving up. Kids who could go on to college, but just need that extra little push. So every year, I take promising high school students on a college tour. 
We check out the dorms, the library, meet some professors, find out where the best late night grub stops are. It shows them that there's a whole world beyond their own. But what's even better is that most of these kids decide college is for them. I'm Namdi Asmoa. I show kids that a higher education means a brighter future. So when it comes to Living United, I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Join me. It takes all of us working together to make a difference. Find out how you can live united for education. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, my friends. Thanks for hanging out with us here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. I'm so excited to be talking to this incredibly wise, wonderful woman, Edween Gaines. I learned so much from you, Edween. I'm just so honored you're taking the time out of your schedule to share your message with our listeners. Thank you. So we really got into the whole tithing thing, and now yeah. I'd really love to hear a little bit more about the other three spiritual laws of okay. prosperity. Great. Well, spiritual law number two is we're required to forgive everybody all the time, especially ourselves. Now, I know that, you know, we can say, well, I can forgive, but I just can't forget, or I can forgive everybody except myself, and all those are just really um, kind of flapping your gums, as my dad used to say, just (laughs) wasting your time and energy. The truth is, if you will spend some time every day doing some internal house cleaning, one of the things I do before I go to sleep at night is I ask myself, have I put anyone outside my heart today? And usually I have. There's some poor soul that did not get my rules about how to behave, and so it's off with their heads. And I have to spend time then in prayer, forgiving myself tenderly and gently. That's a key there, not to beat yourself up, but to really, really forgive yourself. Yeah, that was a dumb thing to do, but... Truthfully, Tammy, you know that everybody listening, including you and me, we've all done some dumb things, haven't we? And if we had the opportunity to redo them today, we'd do them in a higher and better way because we're not that same person anymore. We've grown. We've learned to love ourselves and, and have compassion for ourselves and others. So what we have to do, it's not an option. If you want to live a prosperous life, you have to forgive yourself. You have to let yourself off the hook realizing that, you know, it brought you here. Whatever it was that you did was part of the spiritual pathway that brought you to this point. You're not guilty. You did the best you knew how to do and uh, and to move on from there and then to forgive other people, especially parents, children, other family members, exes, bosses, co-workers, neighbors, drivers, anyone you can think of that you have less than a loving feeling toward, you need to forgive. Well, how do I do that? Well, you sit down and you write it out. I I write, I, Edwin, forgive myself completely 35 times in the morning, 35 times in the evening for seven days. That's the 75 times seven, as the scripture is mentioned. Or you could uh, write a letter to the person that you know they'll never read, but just tell them what you learned from them, tell them how they hurt you, and tell them that you're deciding now to forgive them and you're forgiving yourself as well. And then the second part of that is to, to get them, not get them, but to write a letter from them to you. You write it from them to you and have that letter say all the things that you always wanted them to say, but they never did. 
And then, you know, when you get both letters finished, then you have a little ceremony and you burn them. Or one of my girlfriends writes hers with a flare pen on toilet paper and flushes them down the toilet. Oh, However, that. isn't that great? <laughs> the notion is that it's a, it's a ritual to get rid of the stuff that's in your system. But, you know, I know that there is a way for every person to go within and find those wounds of old and to find a way to learn from them and to release the pain associated with them. Now, I really don't believe in the notion of forgive and forget. I want to remember what got me into that mess in the past so that I don't do that again. You understand? Yes. Yes. It's really about, for me, it's like you can be either a victim or you can be empowered. And I think we become empowered when we look at those things that happened in our lives and use them as an opportunity for soul growth or what was my soul trying to learn. And that really supports us in spiraling upward in the direction of our dreams rather than kind of staying bogged down in the muck and mire. Absolutely brilliant. That's exactly right. And, you know, it's so easy to get into that habit of wallowing in our story. You know, and so people who do that, uh, you know, if they're if they're students of mine and they really want to know, I suggest that if you've been wallowing in your story, you know, and there've been some sad stories, you know, I've had my own, but if you wallow in it, you're going to stay there. So my suggestion is either get yourself a good therapist and get some work done there, or find somebody that you really love and trust and ask them just to hear your story one time without commenting on it. You don't want their approval. You don't want them to react. Just listen to it. Just hear it. Want to get it out of your system. Cry all the tears you need to cry and then never tell that story again unless you're doing it as, as a point of teaching someone about how to forgive. Oh, that's so true, you know, because most of us can get people to um, sit with us in pity and we, when we yeah. tell our sad stories, but that doesn't help us move towards our dream. Exactly. It just keeps exactly. us stuck. And I know for, you know, I, I had a terrible breakup and I really focused on how bad it was and I could get people to shake their head and go, wow, that's really horrible. But I wasn't moving forward in my life and I really got, exactly. I wasn't going to move forward if I was still looking backwards. Yes, yes. I tell people no. when they think about their exes, if there's anything there other than love and appreciation, what you're doing is sending out a fishing line with a hook on it to hook somebody just like that ex and roll <laughs> that one right back into your life because you didn't learn the lesson yet. You know? It's so true. It's like if you stay in that victim consciousness, yeah. you're going to attract another perpetrator. It's just kind of the way right. it works with law of attraction. So I, I, I love that. I think that's absolutely right on. Yeah. So, yes, yes, I think um, people might be opening their mind to the possibility of forgiving their exes. You've made it very compelling, yeah. and I, I certainly would have if I had heard this conversation years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and your parents, okay. too. You know, your parents did the best job they knew how to do. If they had known better, they would have done better, you know. And I love this in your book. You write so many things that actually make me laugh out loud. You can hear your little accent and your humor and your wisdom in it. When you talk about the um, parents, if they got you alive onto planet Earth, their job has been fulfilled. They didn't owe you more than that. That's right. That's it. They did their job. So, you know, anything else you got was gravy, you know? Exactly. But most of us think, oh, well, they should have done more or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and it doesn't help us uh, become more empowered when we want to stay in that, that position. So You're exactly I, right. As long as we're blaming somebody else, then we are the victim. We are powerless. So yep. we just have to take responsibility for it. That's it. A lot of people don't want to do that. I, was I made this mess. I can clean it up, you know. <laughs> exactly. So wise. So, so wonderful. Okay, so we've got the tithing and the forgiveness. What is uh-huh. the third spiritual law of prosperity? Well, the third one is, I just love this. We're required to set clear-cut 
tangible goals. What do we want? What exactly do we want? Now, Catherine Ponder, who's been my mentor for many years, says the more specific you are when you set your goal, the quicker you will have your demonstration. So you know, you don't put down, I want a new car. You put down the make, the model, the color, and here all the details that are important to you. You don't want to say, I want to go on vacation. You say where you want to go, what you want to see, how you want to travel like that. The more specific you are, and, and you know this, Tammy, they have to be written goals. You know, you can't just hold them in your head because when you write them down, it's like a commitment. And the more specific you are when you write them down, the stronger the commitment. And what what that does, it sends out an energy system out to the farthest reaches of the universe and starts putting together everything that you desire and pulling it right back to you just as soon as you're able to handle it. Mm, yes, I, I talk about the power of setting intentions, and it is yes, really yes. powerful to write them down. Yes. 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 So I think that's absolutely. absolutely vital. So I love the fourth spiritual law. This is so yes. important. Yes. This is, this is a big deal. Okay, so what is it? We're required by spiritual principle to seek and find and to get on our divine purpose. What are we here for? What is our mission? Why do we incarnate on planet Earth? What do we come to do, to be, to have? It's a powerful thing, and I urge people to spend some time. I mean, I don't think that we're put here, Tammy, to to work all of our lives, to get a good retirement fund and a gold watch when we retire and die. I don't think that's our purpose. I think there's something much larger, much greater, and I believe that every person has a right to step out of whatever routine they're in and to go for that larger dream, the grandest version of their life that they can imagine. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, that, that has been um, um, an interesting subject with the people I've, I've worked with. How mm-hmm. do they get from this job that they don't like or this career that they don't like but are making a lot of money and move into their life purpose? How, right. how might you suggest that they open their mind to that possibility? Well, I, I ask people, you know, to think about what would be the most fun thing they could do with their lives. You know, what would, what brings them the greatest joy? And, uh, and if they feel that they can't just quit and go do that right now, then start doing it day by day, a little more of it, whether it's painting or growing roses or golfing or learning to uh, play the guitar or whatever it is, begin to incorporate it more and more and, and get the vision of what this looks like. You know, if you were doing it perfectly all the time, see that in your mind's eye and take steps toward it on a daily basis. You know, learn to speak that foreign language or go back to school and get the degree or whatever you need to do. You can still do that and not just go cold turkey from one job into the other. Oh, yeah, I say that. It's like, think about something that would really bring you joy and do yes. it. Put your toe yes. on that side of the, the, mm-hmm. the lawn, if you will. And then you maybe start shifting your weight from, yes. from one foot to the other. But it, it can be a nice, gradually easy transition. Yes. You don't have to, like, jump across the yard. Perfect. Or it might I love that. Safe, you know. I love Just, that. It can be gradual. Put your toe in the water. Lean mm-hmm. into it. Just kind of make it gradual, graceful. It doesn't yes. have to be scary. But that's right. something you talk about, fear. How do we deal with the fear that might come up as we're tithing or as we're maybe stepping into another possible job or career? What do you have to say about that? Well, you know, I, I've faced a lot of fear in my life, and I've done some amazing things for me to move through my fear and my limiting beliefs. But one thing I know for myself is that I will no longer allow fear to paralyze me and keep me stuck in playing small. 
Mm-hmm. So many times, you know, I do things that seem like risk at the time, but I say to myself, you know, I feel I'm guided to do this. I'm scared. Uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. I'm afraid. I admit it. I'm not lying about it, not pretending I'm not. I'm afraid, and I'm going to do it anyway. And what I've yes. learned is that I can continue to function in the midst of pure terror, you know? But, you know, that's the way we grow. We're, we seem to have this inborn, all of humanity seems to have this inborn fear of the unknown. So yes. we stay stuck, even though we're not having a good time where we are. At least it's familiar uncomfortability, you yes. know? And so when we step out and do something new, oh, my God, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you know, you might die, but so what? At least you'll have tried something, you know? Yeah, you know, and I think what courage isn't the absence of fear, but doing something in spite of the fear. Yes, yes. And breaking through that glass ceiling, maybe going to the next level into the unknown. Because I do think people play small because they're afraid of the unknown. They want to stay safe even if, you know, they're not happy. Yes, that's great. Um, I love yeah, that. Yeah, paralyzed with the fear. Mm-hmm. So we have a caller on the line. Penny Orloff is with us, and I think she might have something to say or some questions for you. Welcome to the Good. show, Penny. Hi, thank you. Hello, so, Edwina, yes, Edwina, I'm just Edwina so happy um, to be able to speak with you. I, I heard yes. you last year here in Los Angeles, and, uh-huh. and um, my life changed significantly in the past 10 months regarding them prosperity. Wonderful. Yeah, I I had for a long time um, lived the life I wanted and had uh-huh. everything except money. I'm a performing artist, and you know that the fun and freedom of my life kind of felt like, well, that's not really fair to the others if I also have money. <laughs> so I resisted the money coming in, but um, I, I did read your book <laughs> several times now, actually, and in the past ten months, I I made almost double the money I made in any previous year of my life. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. A lot of that had to do with the tithing, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that you said in your book that I I was struck by. In January, I didn't make a dime, not a single nickel. Uh So at the end of January, I tithed $200 to where I derived spiritual nourishment, Mm -hmm. hoping to earn $2,000 in February. So I tithed 10% ahead of the fact, because you Uh had talked about this. Tithe the amount you want to make, kind of pay it forward. And Edwin, in February, I made $4,950. I love it. Yeah, I look forward to the tithing so much. It's gotten to be a thing. I keep track of every nickel that comes Uh in, and I have this list of places to tithe to because I feel I have to get rid of this money. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Okay, but I'm having a problem, and I wonder if you can help me with this. I, I've been making the money and tithing, and my situation has improved measurably, um, but I find myself still attached to that girl I used to be. I find myself uh, hanging on to certain habits that do not serve me, yes. you know, and it is just habit, but I want to know how I can let go of that and move into this person I've developed into, you know, I'm not that the bud anymore. I am flowering, but I'm hanging on to the bud here. Do you have some help for me? Well, you know, I think a part of that has to do with our feelings of worthiness. And I had to work a lot on um, loving myself, uh, uh, having faith in myself, having self-esteem and confidence. And I found that the more that I forgave myself 
for all the dumb things that I had done in my past, and uh, I forgave myself because a lot of my friends were, were I, I don't like to use this term, but they seemed addicted to their poverty, and they seemed to, to revel in it and feel sort of superior because they were doing so much good in the world and being so poor. Yeah. And I, could, I just couldn't believe that that was God's will for me. And so I found that the more that I forgave, the more that I set those clear-cut, tangible goals, uh, the more that I did prosper. And it also meant that I had to leave some of my friends behind because they just didn't want to come along on the journey. And I did not want them to pull me back down into the complaining, the just getting by consciousness. I don't know if you know if that resonates with you or not. Well, but it does, but it's family members. I understand, and sometimes you just have to leave them behind. Now, yep. the, I have to confess, the ones I left behind came back into my life later as, as I got stronger and more sure of myself. Then I was able to handle them back into my life in a, in a wonderful way, you know? That, that it does give me encouragement, you know, yeah, leaving them yeah. And also, I, I began not to tell them too much about my life. You know, and not to tell them about my dreams, because I didn't okay. want them to say things like, oh, who do you think you are, which I can hear my grandmother's voice right now as I say that. You know, and, uh, you know, we're not that kind of a person, you know, and they, they would say things about rich people in, in, in a negative way. And so I didn't want to believe that, so I had to not tell them. I had to talk about the things that they were interested in in a positive way if I was going to be around them. That. That is helpful. Just to keep keep my own counsel, just keep it to myself yes, so they don't yes. derail me. Right. And find yeah. a group that supports you, you know, whether it's in your the ministry that you where you go or a good friend that does believe with you, but don't share your goals with people who will not celebrate you and believe with you. You know, that makes so much sense to me and I have manifested around me just this wonderful positive environment of really good supportive people mm-hmm. but you know hanging on to the family and hanging yeah. on to who I was it, it's yeah. been a problem well you can't be who you were because you're That's not that true. person anymore you've grown I think we and, died and, uh, to who we were we died at the past every morning we wake up on this yes. side of the lawn that's right, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we cannot control the, the speed of the pathway of our relatives. They're coming at their own pace, and they're right where they need to be for you to learn what you need to learn. I believe that's true. I re- that really does resonate with yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Edwina, oh. I'm going to let you get on to other people. I'm sure you have, like, a long line of callers, but that Thank does you. help me so much. Thank it's you for calling in, sweetheart. Okay. Best of love to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That is so helpful, you know, something that I really got at one point because I experienced that same thing. It's yes, sort of like the crab yes. getting out of the bucket and yeah. the other crabs are like, no, I don't think so. And they're going <laughs> to hold on to you. What if, a great uh, image. I love that image. Out. So uh-huh. you can't necessarily insist they come with you. You Absolutely. have to um, take care of yourself. But just like you, I found that a lot of those friends and family members once I really got solid myself outside of the bucket, I, I looked yeah. around and they were there. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love it. You know, I'd like to, if you don't mind, Tammy, to mention my webpage, which is prosperityproducts.com. If people would like to connect in any way, uh, that there's information about my retreats and my itinerary about where I'll be speaking. And uh, I would just love for people to take a look at it if they're interested. It's www.prosperityproducts.com. 
Thanks yes, for me and mention you it. have up there your schedule. I know you're doing a lot yes. of traveling and, and yes. teaching, and you've got some retreats at your retreat center. Yes. So that yes. has your schedule and your books available on there as well. And your yes, other and all the, the CDs, right? the affirmation cards. And, and I, as I mentioned earlier, my book has just come out in Spanish, and I'm so excited about that. So uh, that's all. the information is also there on the webpage. Yes, you're going international. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah we had talked about this. You think these uh, laws work whether you're in Indonesia or Mexico or Italy? Or... They work anywhere. <laughs> they work anywhere in the world. Whatever religion you're in, you don't have to be any certain religion. If you believe in a, if you believe in a higher power, if you believe in a creative energy that runs the universe, uh, that's the only thing that you really have to know. There's something out there bigger than us, and mm-hmm. I think any intelligent person would probably acknowledge that. Right. Yeah, I would think so. So we have somebody who called in. He has a question for uh-huh. you, Edwin. Sure. Um, Dave wants to know if you can or should tithe for your company as well as your personal self. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I believe that every entity must tithe. And I believe that all businesses that want to succeed have to tithe one-tenth of all. And a lot, I get this question a lot. Are we talking net or gross here? And my belief is gross. You know, and there are a lot of people who will teach you to tithe net, and I'm not here to make anybody wrong, but I believe that we're, the more that we tithe, the more we open ourselves to, to playing at a larger and larger arena. I like to call it playing with the big kids. So, yes, businesses must tithe. Corporations must tithe. Any entity must tithe, and it must go where you're fed spiritually. And I want to stress that. Don't give your tithe to charity. Now, I give to a lot of charities, and I urge you, if you choose to, to give to charities of your choice, but not the first tenth. The first tenth must go where you're fed spiritually. Yeah, I asked you this, and I loved your response. I don't know if you remember. Can I tithe to save the whales? <laughs> I do remember I'm, that. I'm fed spiritually uh, when the dolphins sure. are jumping around my yeah. boat and the whales come along. Yeah. And I think I think you'd said at that point, uh, I think that would be fine, Tammy, but just don't throw the money in the water. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I love that. So, so this but, doesn't have to be to a church. Uh, Dave wants to know no, if this has to be. You no. don't. That's not what you're talking about, though, no. is it? Here's my process. Every time I receive money, the first step is thank you, God, because all the money that I get comes from God. The second step, I ask in prayer or in meditation or in a quiet time, where does this tithe go? Remind me where I've been fed. And sometimes it all goes to one person or one church or one teacher, one author, and or sometimes I split it up and send a portion here, 3% here, 4% here, whatever, just based on the guidance that I get in prayer. But make sure that one-tenth of all goes back out quickly. The, more, the quicker you get it out, the quicker you'll receive more. Yeah, I hate to admit it. It's like I was accumulating all my money, and I was thinking, oh, when I, it gets a little bigger, then I'll tithe it. And then mm-hmm. I lost my, my very expensive sunglasses. Oh. I was like, oops, didn't get it out fast enough. That's right. Go. <laughs> Bless your heart. But it, it really does seem to make a difference. Those yes, silly things don't seem to happen right. uh, at all when I, when I really take that action step and tithe as soon as I get the money. Sure. Yeah, sure. keep track of it and get rid of it yeah. right away. Absolutely. It's a powerful thing. Yes. And there was something else you had suggested when I spoke with you last year. You said tithe um, the money that you want to make. And that was what Penny was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. She paid, she tithed before it came up because she was anticipating it showing up. Right. Well, now I heard this idea. That Well, Dr. Tom Costa, who used to be the religious science minister in Palm Desert, California, uh, told me that one year he decided to experiment with this, and he decided to tithe, starting in January, tithe 10% of what he wanted to make. 
And at the end of the year, he had made it. And then he took me outside and showed me his beautiful Rolls Royce. So, you know, there's something there to that. Because I don't believe, Emerson says this, and I believe it's true, you cannot outgive God. And so one-tenth of all, back where you're fed spiritually, and then if you want to expand your faith and expand your horizons, give more. Tithe 10% of what you want to make and just try and see what happens. It, my experience is that amazing things happen. Have you ever seen somebody come along that maybe has taken your classes and is like, Edwina, I've been tithing consistently for six months and, mm-hmm. and nothing has happened? Yes, I have had that. And, you know, the questions I ask are, number one, do you have written goals? And most of the time they'll say, no, you have to write your goals. And then I say, what do, do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? And all of a sudden tears will come up or, oh, they'll say, I've done my forgiveness work. And then I'll start asking them a little deeper questions. And then they'll say, okay, you got me. You know, because when when we're not receiving, it's because we're blocking it because we we don't feel worthy to receive it or we don't have a goal. We don't have a cup to hold up to say, this is the matrix in which I want my good to flow. So you have to yeah. do these things. Yeah. And, and, you know, something you read that I read in your book that, again, made me laugh out loud, it's about taking the action steps. Even if they're small, you can't just sit around like a bump on a pickle. You're right. You have to do something. Yeah, get out there. For example, if you if you want to tour Europe next summer, okay, well, go get your passport and make sure your passport's up to date. Um, go uh, check the, the websites of the countries you want to visit. Maybe get some books from the library. Do something for every desire that you have. There's some action steps that you could take right now that don't cost a lot of money that signal your subconscious mind that you mean business, that you're really going to do this. So you have to do something toward the goal. Little steps, little steps. Little, uh-huh, no. as you said. Consistent uh-huh. small steps in the direction of your dreams. That's sure right. that you're going to manifest your dreams. That's right, exactly. So I love that. Well, Edwin, this has been so much fun. I've just, I've missed you. You're just Thank one you. of the most pleasant people I've ever encountered, one of my oh. favorite interviews ever. <laughs> well, Tammy, we'll have to do it again. <laughs> I would be honored to have you back at Thank any you. time. I think this is uh, a subject matter that's so important, and I don't know anybody that, that doesn't want to manifest right. more money I really don't. So you make the steps very comprehensive. You make the subject so enjoyable and lots of fun and there's laughter with it. So definitely I would recommend anybody that wants to make more money and live a more fulfilled, happy, prosperous life, pick up her book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. You can get it on Amazon or her website. Edwin, what's your website again? The website is prosperityproducts.com prosperityproducts.com and I know you have lots of CDs on there I've purchased Mm -hmm. lots of them myself and I just I never get tired of you I just think you're so fun you're so remarkable thank you I also have the book on audio you know it's I have the audio book as well oh I didn't know that I might have to get uh that yeah there's something about your voice I really enjoy listening to it so cute. All right. So thank you so much for hanging out with us here today. Thank you, Brent Carey, for creating this uh, forum called Empower Radio. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Penny and Dave, for taking the time to call in. And just uh, I'm wishing you tons of blessings, lots of money, fulfillment, health, and great, great love. If you want to get a hold of me, write to me at jtocenter at gmail.com. J, the number two, center at gmail.com. I want to hear from you, hear your questions. How can I support you? Do you want to be a guest? Give me a shout. Thank you so much. God bless and connect with you again soon. Bye for now.